Welcome to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower and inspire you on your personal journey. From her cattle ranch in Alberta, this sassy psychic cowgirl uses her connections to universal energies to guide you to greater awareness and wisdom. Good morning. How is everybody on this fine day? Yeah, I am so sorry. I totally forgot to post about last week that there wouldn't be a show. Yeah, it was a little bit hectic in my world. We'd had a big storm the night before, and then I had a son who was going through a bit of a rough time. And so I needed to take him somewhere that morning. And when we went out to... um, put my other child on the bus there was a bull missing and it was raining and windy and a big storm and we had to go find the missing bull he was just hiding in a hole in a different pasture the little brat anyways it was totally hectic and as I was driving to the town I had to take my son to for an event that's when I remembered and it was already about quarter to nine and I didn't have access. My cell phone decided not to work on the Internet when I got there, so I could post that there would be no show. Craziness. So this last few weeks in my world have been hectic. My children are in 4-H, and it was our show and sale on Monday. And there's so much stuff that goes on with that. But that is actually what inspired my topic for today, about being in your comfort zone, because I want to give a shout-out to all the 4-H kids. They work so hard and are out of their comfort zone pretty much the whole day at the show and sale, never mind all the days leading up to that. So I'll give you a rundown of how this works, Um, because I've been telling this to a lot of people over the last few months, Um, how 4-H works and and what goes on, because it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And if you don't know anything about it, you won't realize it's a big deal. And the thing is, what the journey that these kids go through to get to that show and sell and then after is also a good metaphor for adults in situations they're in. And so that's what I'm going to use today to illustrate my point. Okay. So um, I did sign up as a 4-H leader this year. Uh, not the leader. I'm an assistant leader. My husband is the beef leader, but I need to keep him organized. And I know that the lady who's our general leader, her children are almost done. So I needed to step up out of my comfort zone. I don't always um, – I don't love being in charge Some like that I mean I'm results oriented and I can be bossy and get things done but I'm not a fan of the politics just because I feel everyone's energy and so it gets overwhelming and a whole lot frustrating because when you're dealing with adults in these situations it's way easier to deal with the kids I love wrangling the kids I love getting them organized that makes me happy dealing with the adults not as much You know, when someone's telling you things and you know they're not exactly telling you the truth, I know all that. 
So as you can imagine, it can be that's one of the challenges for me. And so there I I've worked on this to get out of my personal comfort zone of not taking on those type of roles because I find it challenging. But I'm working through that and I'm doing it anyway. So I've noticed, though, like for myself, I can get complacent and stuck and say, oh, I don't want to take a leader role there because of blah, 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 blah. You know, I, this person does this, or, you know, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm mediating from the, for these people. And, you know, I can come up with a whole laundry list of reasons why it would be not beneficial to me. But why? Can I do it? Yes. Would I be good at it? Yes. Am I enjoying it? Yes. Would I know all of that if I didn't try? No. Here's the thing. There is no harm in trying something and then finding out it doesn't work for you because, man, the learning you get to have, the experiences you get to have, and you know so much more after because what else? It's the opposite, and you find out that it is for you. Okay, so back to the kids in 4-H. So here's how it works. In October, they pick a project. And so we're gonna, I'm going to use the beef. There's different types of 4-H, but I'm going to talk about the beef 4-H because that's what we just did. Okay, so they pick a project, um, a steer project, a heifer project, and they halter break that animal, they feed it every day, twice a day, and they increase their feed. They have to figure out what the proper ration is, so they have to use math and fractions and percentages. Sorry, kids, you do use math. And they have to um, keep an eye and really pay attention to how their animal's growing, how the animal's pooping, to check their health. And they halter break these animals. They're doing this while this animal's growing. So they end up with, you know, on the low end, like if they have a low line or one of the smaller miniatures, which are so cute, they can be, you know, 800 pounds, or they go up to, like, having an animal that's, you know, 1,400, 1,500 pounds, and they're leading this animal every day or as often as they can to get comfortable with it because they have to make sure the animal's listening to them. They're in control. I know, it's crazy. And so then, just to make it even more complicated, on a certain day they take this animal to town to be shown. I mean, some 4-H clubs is outside. Ours is not. It's in a hockey arena that we turn into the 4-H arena for the day. And um, animals don't go to town very often or ever. Some kids do. Some kids do have a whole career, we'll call it, of showing, and their animals are used to it. And you can tell. You can totally tell the difference. But for most of the kids, this is the first time their animal goes to town, so they're in this big arena with, there was 110 animals, including steers, heifers, cows, and calves at our 4-H show and sale. I know, crazy, right? And these kids are in charge of these animals. Parents can't help them on that day. Leaders can. One of the reasons I became a leader, 
although I can't wrangle them as easily as, you know, my husband can, but I'm really good at keeping the kids organized and confident. Anyways, so yeah, they're responsible for leading this animal into a show ring in front of a crowd and a judge with a microphone and an MC and people everywhere. It's a big deal. It's nerve-wracking. It's full of pressure and anxiety because, you know, there's 40, in our club there was 42 kids showing. So you walk in there, but there's 40 other, 41 other kids that also want that prize that have worked just as hard as you have. Right? It's crazy. Now, they're in groups and clubs, so there's more chances to win prizes. You're not competing against the, all 41 other kids, but still. You know, there's a lot that goes on. And so these kids should be so proud of themselves for, number one, showing up. Number two, just the whole experience. Our club had a lot of first-year members, so they've never done this before. And I said to them, I did my best. I said, you know, but I really, I can't explain to you how it feels when you're there that day. You just have to experience it. It's intense. I get nervous for the kids. I pace a lot. Some of the parents are laughing at me. <laughs> I'm like, it's exciting, but, yeah, I get nervous because they're nervous. And, and you're dealing with, you know, a 1,000-pound animal who, can, who spooks. They do. They spook all the time. Some of them get away, and it's heads up. You have to help catch. It's just how it goes. It's the nature of working with animals. But... So think of all these pieces together, right? But then the kids, they, so most of them, mostly steers, right? So the whole deal with the steers is you're growing the steer and you sell him, you show him, you, and then you sell him at the end of the day at the sale. And then somebody buys them and eats them. And, that, and then you get a check and that's your payoff. And then with the heifer projects, you're growing them and you don't feed them the same as a steer because then, then, so you have your heifer and you show her and then you get to take her home. So some kids for their first year just did a heifer project, which is what our kids did because it's easier. You don't have to say goodbye. Oh, there's a lot of tears when those animals are getting loaded at the end of the night and going away. In fact, I have eight 4-H steers in my corral right now because where they're going, we can't take them till tomorrow morning. And these steers are seriously not happy that they're not getting special feed twice a day and petted and loved and pampered. They're like, what the heck? This isn't my life. I don't just get put in a corral and eat a hay bale with my friends. No, 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 no. There's, like, girls and boys that are supposed to be petting me leading me, pampering me, uh, feeding me, uh, where are you? It's so funny. They're not happy. They're, th this isn't how it's supposed to go. Anyways, then if they have the heifer project, they feed them and then they show them and they get to take them home. And then the next year they can show that heifer project when the heifer has a calf. They have to have a calf before the show and sale day and they get to show the cow and the calf. And then again, take them home, and then the next year they can show that cow and the calf as a three-year-old with her baby. And so one of my sons, he loves the cows. The other one, not so much. He's pretty chill about it all. And, um, but the other one, he loves the cows. And so he had this whole herd, which he did well with. 
he was pretty happy. But one of his his two year old cow was his heifer last year, and um, she was a crank asaurus last year. Like she was pretty terrible. Like she knocked him down, ran him over a couple of times. Yeah, these farm kids, four H kids, are resilient. Let me tell you. And so when we signed him up to show her this year, he was horrified. But then he, when he, we said it's okay. We'll sign her up, but we don't have to take her. But if we don't sign her up, you can't take her at all because you do qualify for herd this year. Anyways, so come spring, and he's been working with her, and she's been sweet, like seriously sweet. He can handle her. In fact, when we're bringing her and her calf in, the calf ran away, and Brody held Iris, and perfect. Well, turns out she does not like town at all. So when he was holding her, waiting to show her, he had a friend holding the calf because the friend's leading the calf in. She stepped on him, and then she sent him flying into the dirt. He was hurt. He was done pulling the pin. Wanted to go tie her up, and he wasn't going to show her. She's just too much for him. So I went and found an older member, a senior member of 4-H, and asked him if he could come help, and absolutely these 4-H kids are amazing. Every senior member, mostly, there is a couple that snarled at me a little, but most of the senior members that I went and found and asked them to help the younger members with their animals in that show ring, because here's the deal. When you're in the show ring, it's not just you. There could be up to nine or ten other animals in there. So you want to have control of your animal. And if you don't, aren't sure if you're going to have to have control of your animal, you need somebody to help you. And, yes, sometimes the animals got away in the show ring. There was kids squished into fences. Like, these kids are resilient. You have to understand that they're working with animals in a way that it's, it's a big, big deal. Things go wrong because these aren't little puppies and kitties. These are 1,000-pound animals that have a mind of their own. And so these senior members, they step up and they, like, help the kids that are younger. And, and while they're doing it, they're teaching these kids how to handle it so these kids are going to do better next year. It is so cool, so cool. There's no words. I wish I could give every one of those senior members that helped the other kids a prize just for doing that. I mean, it shouldn't be such a big deal, but let's be real. Our society's kind of gotten away from the helping community spirit, just the way of our world right now. And so this is huge, and it's, it's so awesome. Anyways, when we brought her to town and he's waiting to show her and she turfs him into the dirt and steps on him, the MC saw it, and he wanted to leap over a couple of fences and go help because he saw it happen. And so he's found a senior member, and he's a big kid, and he, he had her under control, and Brody led the baby calf, and with a smile, even though he was, like, kind of limping and hurt, and she won him some prizes. I don't know the prizes were worth the pain, but it's nice that he got a ribbon, and he can say, yes, Iris won that for him. But she is not going to town again next year. He could show her as a three-year-old and have a hurt again, but, no, he's done. She doesn't get to go. It's just too much, too much stress for him. <laughs> it's amazing. These kids... It's amazing, and it's totally out of their comfort zone. Let's be real. You don't normally lead a cow around, right? And it's really entertaining 
kind of, or a pain in the butt, because all the 4-H animals are so tame that when it comes time to chase our herd of cows, which are mostly not 4-H animals, the 4-H animals are the worst. It's seriously easier, instead of trying to chase them with the herd, to bring out the halter and lead them where you need them to go. Because they're like, whatever. They're not scared of people. They don't necessarily listen. When we were preg checking, Brody's three-year-old 4-H cow was the worst. She ended up being last because I could not make Jazzy go down the runway. Couldn't. She wouldn't do it. We had to put a halter on her and lead her down to get preg checked. I know. It's cute and it's fun, but it's a lot of work. And... You know, being in front of a crowd and being responsible for an animal and being judged, because that's what the judges are doing. You're judged on, like, the, the animal itself, and then you're also judged on showmanship and grooming. So showmanship is how you present yourself with that animal, right? So if you're, like, looking around or, you know, not paying attention, you're not going to get any showmanship points. And grooming is how you've made your animal look. My youngest, his dad says to me, you know, you could clean off all the poop on his bum for your steer for showmanship and grooming. And he's like, nah, I'll be fine. So he wasn't going to win a grooming prize. And he was well aware of that. And he chose not to. He, whatever. In fact, the showmanship judge said something to him, but he could approve. And he kind of shrugs, like, whatever. I'm good. He's, that's, that's who he is, though. My other child would have been listening to every word and improving. It's just who they are. But let me tell you this, because this is a good metaphor for our whole world. So my youngest that's not as invested in the whole process, his animals behave. He's calm, cool, and collected. He's chill about the whole deal. He's not worried about it at all, and neither is animals. My oldest, who is completely invested and wants to do a good job and loves his animals, who worries about everything, his animals are always jumpier. What energy are you bringing to your world? And how are not just the animals, how are the people reacting to you? It's easy to see in the animal example, but I want you to think about that. Apply it to your life. What energy are you bringing, and then what is it attracting to you? So we're going to work on that. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that got the prizes because he had the herd and the and then you know, the cows that were nice and stuff. But he worked hard for those prizes, and it didn't come as easily. So now my youngest is going to build up his herd so he can have a herd prize, he figures, and he probably will. <laughs> he's also going to be one of those kids, though, when he's a senior member, he's going to be helping all the other kids because he's just chill about it. So what energy are you bringing? What could you be doing that's out of your comfort zone that you, you want to do, you think it would be okay, but either fear of failing at it or just the whole process of getting out of your comfort zone and going and doing it just feels overwhelming and too much. I urge you to try some things, though. You don't have to go big. You can do some little things just to see how it goes because we can sabotage ourselves by staying in that comfort zone and not trying new things. All those first-year 4-H members in our particular club, oh, because there's three clubs that join together, and there's one club that's quite big, and then there's a club that's about the same size as ours. 
And so we join together and do our show and sale all together on that same day. And so our, our club had five new members. Uh, so one, four. Four had done it before and then five new members. Two seniors, two intermediates, and then the rest were juniors. And so it's a lot of new members that have never done this before and don't really know. And I'll tell you what. You don't know for sure if you're doing a good job with your animal until you get to that sale and that show ring. I can tell you what, all those first-year members are going to do way better next year, and they're going to know more about how to handle their animal for the whole time that they're getting it ready to show. It's an amazing learning experience, and I hope everybody can appreciate how much time and effort and work these kids put into this. It's not a light thing. So during the month of May, it's soccer at our school. My kids love soccer. They play in the winter soccer. But during the spring one, there's two separate soccer organizations that go. And we've tried to do it all, and we can't. It has to just be 4-H because they're out every night grooming and leading and just getting that animal ready for show animals. There's a lot. And the baby calves, oh, my goodness. Our baby calves this year were so mad about getting halter broke. So mad. Especially one little, my youngest son's cow, her name's Tinka, and her baby was Taffy. Taffy was the maddest. So of course, we got to make jokes about having a Taffy pull because she was not delighted by the halter breaking deal. Not even a little bit. It was so cute. It's cute because they're tiny, right? They're they're big enough that we can handle and nobody's going to get hurt. If you get run over by the calf, it's not so bad. But if you don't get a good handle on that calf and you decide to keep using, like let the calf grow up, because both of my boys had progenies, so both of their steers were, their mamas were 4-H cows. They started as 4-H heifer, and then they were all in the show ring together. And so my kids got prizes for progeny. But if you didn't get a good handle on that calf as a baby halter broke, you're going to have trouble the rest of the time, right? It is a big deal. It's really cute, though. And we can take as adults the examples of what these kids do for this 4-H thing and apply it to our own life. Because a lot, what a lot of parents don't realize when they're first-year members is that the parents don't get to help their kids. Unless you're a 4-H leader, you can't help your kids. You can't lead their animals. You can maybe hand them a brush. But the barn bots will come along and say, mm-mm. My husband, who is a leader, was helping. My son put a show halter on, and the barn boss is like, wait. And he's like, I'm a leader. And she's like, you're right. But the kids have to do it. This isn't one of those activities that the parents can do all the work and kids get the rewards. Nope, nope, nope it would show it would be really obvious on show day if that kid wasn't the one working with the calf and that's part of the deal when you sign up right the kids have to be doing the work it's an incredible experience and i want to tell you there's other 4-h projects you don't necessarily have to have animals but the whole 4-h program is really amazing Another thing the kids have to do is they have to do communications. So they all have to learn public speaking, whether they want to or not. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. They have to get up there and they do 
speeches or presentations, and they also have to do an impromptu. To tell you what it's done for my kids, they can speak. My youngest still doesn't love it. My oldest has taken to it amazingly. He signs up to be MC any chance he can. It's really, really good. And then some of our first-year members, they did so well. It Again, it's a big deal getting out of your comfort zone. So, you know, if I wanted to give an overview of the 4-H program, I would say it gets kids out of their comfort zone, challenges them, and gives them confidence. Getting out of your comfort zone and accomplishing something creates confidence every time. Even if getting out of your comfort doing something doesn't work out the way you want it to, it still gives you confidence. Because you learn what doesn't work. It's like those kids in that show ring. You're competing against at least you know, nine other people every time, and sometimes you're competing against, you know, 20 other people, there can only be a couple of winners. So even if you're not the one that puts the ribbon on and gets it, you still get should be so proud of yourself and com- and you will gain confidence to do something differently next time. Get out of your comfort zone, perhaps. Maybe we need a program for adults, right? But there is. That's what all the team building and, you know, going on these retreats to get some personal development. Maybe every adult should just go through the 4-H program. I wish I could have went through the 4-H program. I asked my parents, but we just couldn't do it. I was very disappointed. I love cows. You know that. Cows make me happy. (laughs) And just seeing, it's a good day. It's a crazy day. They have to be at the show and sell at 6 in the morning. So for some families, that meant getting up at 3 to make sure they were there by 6. And they didn't get home till 11, midnight for some. That's a long day. It's a long day with a lot happening. So crazy. (sighs) Yeah, I know. Just taking a moment there because I wish I could take that energy and share it with you guys just so you could understand. So cool. Crazy but cool. All right. So what are you doing to get out of your comfort zone? What you got going on? How do you how do you talk yourself through the process? So I was not good at public speaking. I know I've shared this before, but you get it again. It terrified me. Like I'd have to go be ill and freak out before I could public speak in college. And then I decided, enough. I need to get over this for business purposes and because it was a challenge. And so I did. I signed up for things that were so out of my comfort zone, but I did it anyway. 
and now I can talk in front of a crowd. It's no big deal. Microphones terrified me because I had an experience when I was really, really young, like eight, that was traumatizing, involved a microphone. Couldn't do it. Yep. So what is something in your world that you're totally terrified to do, and you know why, but you would like to get over it? Hypnotherapy helped. Hypnotherapy helped a lot. Man, I can't tell you how happy I was to find that. Guided meditations, love, 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 because it's subtle and gentle, and it's helped me work through a lot of things. Now, granted, I'm good at energy. I understand it. I can read it. I can, you know, change it, make it work. And so the whole energy of guided meditation, of course, makes me happy because it's all energy and it's entering into our subconscious in a safe, non-invasive way. I will always promote guided imagery. And so the one I'm going to do today is a stress relief journey because I would like you to be able to get out of your comfort zone. Oh. Um, the one I have chosen, too, is about, it's a secret garden, kind of fitting for this time of year. I have my garden all in. I totally, I, I call it cheating. It's not really. I just work with my own energy. I do it in containers. I have protein tubs. They're great big tubs. And they're, they're round and they're colorful that we feed the cows out of. See, because I can use my ability to grow cows to grow my garden. That's what I have to do because I'm not really, yeah, not um, necessarily, not necessarily a gardener. Sorry. I still have 4-H stuff happening. Our big show and sale is done, but I still have a lot of paperwork to do, and I'm just, there was emails popping up about 4-H. So awesome. All right. So we are going to do a stress relief journey. And so if you feel like you're stuck in your comfort zone or if you feel like you would like to, you know, step outside a little bit and try something, it doesn't have to be something big. You don't have to go join up for public speaking. But if you want to try something, like what if you wanted to try painting or making jewelry or something that has a little bit of creative energy that you're just, you know, thinking, oh, I can't do that. Maybe you want to learn how to use a computer. One of my jobs, which I know does not suck to be me at all, is I tutor. I tutor basic computers, like how to um, turn it on, how to online shop, how to put in your health care bills, how to pay bills, how to, like, I don't know. I got to teach a lady how to set up Netflix, <laughs> like, basic computer skills so that you get comfortable on your computer. That is truly rewarding because, seriously, we get to play. <laughs> I get to teach you through playing how to use your computer. It doesn't suck to be me. But I'm also helping these people get out of their comfort zone, right, because computers totally intimidate them. The lady I've been working with for the last two months, she is kicking butt, man. 
she's doing so amazing. I know she's probably almost done with working with me, so hopefully we'll have coffee or something. Because she's come so far, so far. She got out of her comfort zone. It's important. It's important. And so recognize how you talk yourself out of getting, like, that talk where you don't get out of your comfort zone because, oh, too much money. I couldn't possibly paint. Too much money. Um, I don't have the time. Um, I'm not creative enough. I won't be good enough. How do you know till you try? Because sometimes it doesn't work. So as you know, I have a store. My mom makes jewelry with the crystals, and it's so pretty and amazing. I tried making a bracelet once thinking, hey, I love crystals. I love energy. I could do this. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> it was that bad. I'm not even kidding. So it takes my mom like 20 minutes, half an hour, and she's got this gorgeous creation. Three hours later, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could do it, but it's not a good use of my resources. <laughs> Painting. My mom can paint. I thought, I'll try this. No, stick to, yeah, guided meditation. Stick to helping people out of their comfort zone and helping people with their self-confidence. I'm so much better at that. Wrangling kids in 4-H, so much better at that. (laughs) So there you go. Just because you get out of your comfort zone, it doesn't mean it'll work out, but you'll find out that it's not your thing. And that's important, too. All right, you guys ready? We're going to do the stress relief journey. So just give yourself a nice wiggle. I should have warned you all. I haven't had much sleep in the last week, but no. (laughs) Just how my world is. All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and close your eyes. And let's take three big, deep breaths. Three big deep breaths as you begin to release and let go. Begin to focus on the sound of my voice and allow all the other sounds to drift into the background. They are unimportant to pay attention to. They can only take you deeper. As you bring your attention to your feet, your legs, and from your toes to your knees, you become aware of your legs relaxing. Every breath takes you deeper now as this relaxation moves up into the thighs, the hips, and the stomach muscles relaxing as well. And the more relaxed you become, the deeper you go. The deeper you go, the more relaxed you become. This relaxation now continues moving upward in through the solar plexus, across the chest area, 
in through your shoulders and moving down through your arms, your hands, your fingers, and the neck muscles relaxing. Each and every breath takes you deeper. With every breath you breathe in, you're breathing in the relaxation to the body, the positives to your mind. With every exhalation, you're releasing any discomfort from the body, any negatives from the mind. And now, this relaxation keeps moving up and through the scalp and across the forehead and down over the eyelids, the facial muscles, the jaw muscles, and the physical body relaxes deeply, completely, with every breath. In a moment, when we count backwards from five to zero, you will enter the imagery state when we reach zero. And now at five, four, three, two, one, zero. Deeply, deeply, deeply relax. Okay. Deeply, deeply, deeply relaxed. With every breath, you are more relaxed and comfortable. The imagination door opens up wide for you. As you begin to visualize and imagine being in a natural setting that takes you on a path right to your very own secret garden. It's secret because you are the only one who has the key. Only you know where the key is kept. Somewhere around the garden gate? Or do you already have it with you? What happens next when you open your secret garden gate? It's as if all of your senses seem to spring forward into a sharp awareness. And the beauty of your garden comes into being all around you. Walking this circular labyrinth path that takes you to the center of your garden. You notice everything all sorts of flowers in a variety of shapes and colors. There's something magical about being here in the garden. As you continue walking, the path 
seems to take you deeper into the garden filled with more beauty and delight. Almost as though you cannot help but follow this path. And all along the way, your garden seems to come alive with more than natural foliage and flowers. You stop for a moment and turn to look behind you. Then, as you move forward, you remember, this is where wonderful things come to be. Your helpers and supporters of various types are here and sometimes make themselves known to you, filled with wonder and deep appreciation for this sort of happening. You find your way to the lovely lounge at the center of your garden. As you recline, relax and restore, something under the cushion of the lounge seems to make itself known to you beneath your back. You reach underneath the cushion and discover a velvet-covered box of your favorite color. You know it is a gift meant for you. What do you find inside this box? As you continue in this gentle, peaceful state, in the silence and the stillness now, you are poised for more wonders and ready to listen and receive more of what is right for you today. Sometimes, the little bluebird will come to bring you an important message or perhaps some other special creature comes to your side with an unexpected good something. Take a few moments to experience that.
as you continue enjoying your garden, just take a few moments to reflect. And appreciate all of your blessings. And know that you can visit this secret garden anytime you wish. Just to relax and rejuvenate. Now that we have completed this journey for today, let all the images go for now, and let's reinforce for your positive benefit the good, the positive, and the true from this journey. At zero... Counting up, one, two, three, four, five. Eyes open, wide awake. Give yourself a stretch. Give yourself a wiggle. Let's try to work at not letting life get to us when you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious and you just feel like you need to stop your world and get off for a while, go ahead and find something gentle to enjoy. Sit in the sunny spot for 10, 15 minutes. Go to your special thing that completely relaxes and rejuvenates you. We need those. It's part of our self-care, but it's also part of our soul care. When we're anxious and worried and frustrated, we don't tune into our soul messages. We're too much in our intellect, into our mind, and not as much into tuning into the universe and the energies that are around us. And it's neither bad nor good, but we just need to try to juggle it all, right? It will be okay. Everything's here for our experiences and our learning. We are a lot more resilient than we may think we are, just like all those 4-H kids. (laughs) Stepped on, kicked, run over, and they still get up and do their stuff. kind of amazing, and so are all of you. We got this, right? may not always feel like it, but we got this. So I'm going to sign off a little bit early, which is funny because I couldn't call in this morning. I called and the line was busy. Uh, Excuse me? (laughs) I had to try three or four times. Not sure if it was me or someone messing with me, but hey, it all worked out because it always does. Maybe a surprise how it works out, but it always works out. So I'm going to send you all a blessing and enjoy the rest of your week. Hugs. 
You have been listening to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower you on your personal journey. To connect with Shannon directly, visit PsychicCowgirl.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-C-O-W-G-I-R-L.com. dot